Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. We all said together, amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. God, you and that mouth. If I can draw your attention to these verses, and I don't know about you, but these are some of the scariest verses in all the Bible to me, where the Lord says to Moses and Aaron, how long am I going to have these grumbling, talking about me, got a whole lot to say, Israelites, how long will I have to put up with trash talking and junk talking? How long will I have to put up with a bunch of people that got a whole lot to say? How long will I have to put up with a bunch of folk that got stuff to say and ain't talking right and ain't saying the right thing and I, I've heard them and I'll tell you what, I'm going to do as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I'm going to do to them the very thing I heard them say. Anybody love the Lord in here? If you love him, can you just wave your hand? You love the Lord? Uh, come on, Charlotte. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. I love the Lord. I'm so glad I'm in a room with people that love the Lord. And if loving him is wrong, I don't want to be right. I love the Lord. All right. Now, at the same time, anybody fear the Lord? Come on, wave your hand. You fear the Lord. Well, which is it? Is it love or fear? Is it love or law? In this series that I've been doing on Sunday school and just kind of taking us back to the basics and looking at the main characters in the Old Testament and being determined to get revelation from the basic, but also maybe correct some misperceptions and have some conversations about the main characters and, and analyze whether or not what was told to us is real and whether or not we have a right perspective about the Bible. I'm running into a lot of young folk especially that are dealing with atheism and dealing with being an agnostic and dealing with wrestling with the faith. And, and so I've decided, well, let's take a step back and let's take a look at the Bible and the major characters in the Bible. And the first main character in the Bible is God. In the beginning, God. And I know we want to make it all about us, but in the beginning, God. God created. In the beginning, God was intentional. And so for the last several Sundays, if you've been watching RTP people, and if you're with us, Charlotte, for the very first time, or you're watching me alive around the world for the first time, well, the sermons are there on YouTube or whatever, whenever our platforms, but we've been asking the question and really talking about the character of God and who God really is and deciding if we're going to be atheists, and I know that's not us, but if you're going to be an atheist and you're going to be an agnostic, then at least be an atheist about the real God and not about the God they told you he was. 
You're going to have doubt about God, then have doubt about who God really is, and don't have doubt about the God that has been explained to us, particularly by our slave masters. Let's be careful that we don't have a picture of God that is not real, and that we can really get down to the real character of the Lord. And that's why I'm asking the question this morning, well, which is it? Is it love? Or is it fear? Is it love? Or is it law? I'm here to say that it's, it's both. I love him. I love him. But I fear the law. It's a, it's a love that inspires instruction of the law. The reason why we're here gathered together, the reason why we'd even look at the Old Testament or look at, at the Bible is because we love the Lord and the Lord loves us. Is our interaction with God just about law and rules and right and wrong and guilt and condemnation? Or is our relationship with God based on his love for us? That God demonstrates his love for us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I'm trying to fight for the love of God. I'm trying to fight for a relationship with God. And I'm trying to fight for a God that loves you and as a result of his love for us, inspires instruction about the law. More than just, I don't know if you were, we were in the back and we were kind of asking how everybody was raised and I was raised holiness. I don't know if you was raised like me, but I was raised holiness. And then I asked one of the guys and he was raised Baptist and if you was raised Baptist, well, Baptist is Baptist. Baptist ain't holiness. Now the church I grew up in, we didn't even believe Baptist people was even barely safe, but because we was holiness and Baptist folk was Baptist people and I won't go into any real definitions because if you're a Baptist, then you know what you used to do and how you be. But then, then one of the guys said he was raised Pentecostal. And I, and I, I, I began to explain, and I'll say to you that for those of us that were raised with a holiness, guilt, condemnation perspective, we were taught that something is wrong because it makes God mad. That's what we were taught. That it makes God mad, so it's wrong. And I, I beg to differ. I, what, what, what I, I want to believe that God is a better parent than that. If you had good parents, or if you are a good parent, you don't raise your child with a rule based on you. You raise your child with a rule based on them. You're trying to get them to brush their teeth for their teeth. It doesn't really have anything to do with your teeth. It's their teeth. Now, I know your mama would say to you, put on clean underwear, because if you get in an accident, I want somebody to know you had a good mama. But actually, clean underwear is not about your mama. Clean underwear is about your funk. Help me, Holy Ghost. You taking a bath or a shower, it's not about your parent. It's about you. If you had good parents, the things they communicated to you were ultimately for your good. 
I know that's hard for some of us because a lot of us got into trouble because the stuff we were being fussed at about didn't have to do with us. It had to do with them. My job was to take the trash out. It wasn't my house, but that didn't matter. I had to take the trash out. And my dad, right before Wednesday night service, because trash day was Thursday, and so right before he left for Wednesday night, Thursday, for Wednesday night service, he would say to me, no, it was trash day was, was Thursday morning. And so he would say to me, well, on his way to church, now you better put that trash out. And when I get back from church, if that trash is not out, you're going to have a problem. There were times when I forgot to put the trash out. I don't know if you've ever been beat awake, but it's not fun. Why? Because I was tasked with putting out the trash. I got in trouble for stuff that had to do with me but didn't. I wish I had a witness in the building. You're cleaning their house. Some of us had parents where it was like having children was almost like having slaves help us. It was kind of like you were, you were there for them. And I, I get it. If you're not careful, it will taint your perspective about God. And you will think that God is mad at you based on him. But I would contend that what God communicates to us is based on his love for us. It's about the true law. Now, I know there's a lot of conversations about law right now and Supreme Court's just doing all kinds of stuff. And there's a whole bunch of discussions about laws. And it's very interesting because there's a difference between the laws that people vote for or the laws that are enacted by a group, whether we're talking about Congress or whether or not the Supreme Court supports laws. Those laws are very different than what I'm talking about this morning morning and I'm taking my time just a little bit but it's okay I know where I'm going and what I'm talking about is a true law a true law does not need to be believed to have power Having arguments about where does life begin and when does life end and what should happen with this and what's going on with the environment and laws that are enacted and a whole lot of debate about those kinds of laws. But I would contend that a true law, there is no real argument about a true law because a true law doesn't have to be believed to have power. Gravity is a true law. You have all the Holy Ghost you want, no matter how saved I am, no matter how much Jesus I have, no matter how much God I know. If I decide to step off of this stage, if you, folk, if you up there, if you decide to jump over here, gravity, no matter how much tongues you're talking, no matter how much Jesus you praise, no matter how much God you love, step off of the top of a building. No, don't do it. But gravity is a true law that is a factor whether you believe in it or not. Reason why your, your mama would say, be careful, be careful, is because if you trip, you're going to fall. No amount of loving you is going to stop you from falling. You need to be careful because gravity is a law you can't argue with. 
You can get in a plane for a minute, and you can, you can battle uh, gravity for a second, but let them engines start. Let them stop working. They tell you when you get on, in case everything falls apart, masks will drop out the sky because really, we're defying a law for just a moment. Time is a real law. Care how much kale you eat, care how much Jesus you praise, you older today than you were yesterday. No matter how much you wanted to, you can't stop the clock. If you run it late, you can't stop it. If you're like me, you will find that when you leave early, you never run into any kind of traffic or any kind of thing that blocks you. I wish I, would. I had a witness in the building. It almost never happens. But the minute you got to get there in 10 minutes is the very time when all hell seems to break loose and then folk can't drive and you mad at people because you wish you could look at your clock and stop the clock, but you can't stop the clock. Because time is a true law. If you live long enough, you're going to die. Play long enough, you won't be good no more. Don't matter how much heart you got. Don't matter how much determination you have. If you 40, you have a hard time keeping up with somebody 25. That's a fact. That's a true law. Well, yeah, but 40 is just a number. Oh, is it really? 50 is just a number. Oh, really? 60 is just a number. Oh, really? Get there and tell me. I can remember there would have been a time when maybe I might have jumped down to show that gravity, but mm, not these knees. These knees need to stay still. Because time is a true law. Supply and demand is a true law. If supply is not met by demand, then what is the in demand becomes more valuable. COVID affected the car market because Rental cars buy more new cars than anybody. So when travel stopped, the rental car companies stopped ordering new cars, which means they stopped sending older cars, used cars, into the used car market. And so now as a result of COVID and travel, the auto industry has been impacted. And as a result of that, Used cars are in a demand greater than their supply. And you used to be able to get a used car for $10,000. That same car now can cost you 15, 17, 18. You'd be mad about it if you want to, but there is a law of supply and demand. And when something is in not as much supply, then the demand is greater and it becomes raised in value. 
My sisters, I'm not saying y'all aren't a prize. You are a prize. But just understand, as a result of what the American government has done to the family, and as a result of what the government has done, especially to the black man, sorry, at this point right now, the black man, the quality black man is in low supply. And since he's in low supply, he's in greater demand. And you better act like it. Talked to a young woman yesterday at the all-white party. And I said, are you married? She said, I'm married. I said, well, girl, you in the 25th percentile. I said, where's your man? She pointed. I said, you in the 25th percentile. She said, what do you mean? I said, it means that 75% of African-American women are not married. It's not because of African-American women. African-American women are just like every other woman. All women are women. All women got something to say. All women got a little bit of, mm. all women got something they think. The problem is that there has been a systematic planned attack against the family. Sorry, I'm just going to be a little pro-black for just a second. A systematic planned attack since the late 60s into the early 70s, three-strike rule and drug offenses and felony convictions. And gentlemen, it is an attack against us and my sisters. Unfortunately, as a result of that, we are in low supply, which puts us in greater demand you can't treat us like we not valuable it's a law and if you violate that law you might find yourself by yourself let me keep on going it is a law whether you believe in it or not seed is a law whether you believe in it or not life and death is a law whether you believe in it or not let me move on because I'm running out of time hey, what's my point well, there's another law that is a factor, and that law is words. Words. It's a true law. Words have power. You don't have to believe it if you don't want to, but it's a true law. Words have power. What comes out your mouth shapes your world. Saved or unsaved, no God or not, it doesn't even really matter. You can have somebody that don't know God who talks better than somebody who knows the Lord and they can end up with a better life. My God, help us Holy Ghost. You can get around somebody that's a heathen and the devil is a liar. I refuse to let people who don't even know God and don't even have faith and don't even know the Holy Ghost and don't even pray to be out talked by people who don't know God. But the truth of the matter is, your mouth has power. And one of the reasons why God don't like a lot of mouth is because he loves me. And he knows I'm going to have what I say. He knows that he has to back my mouth when I speak it. He knows when, he, when the Bible says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I know we love to point it down in this prayer for Christians. It's so true, but I would contend that that's a true law. 
What you speak in the earth affects the heavenly power that impacts your life. God don't like a lot of mouth because he loves me. And the last thing he wants me to do is talk myself out of what he has for me. I know I'm not by myself in which I can say there have been times in which God has something for me. I, I just, I need a few witnesses. God had something for me, but by the time I got done talking, by the time I got done speaking, I had talked myself out of what God was trying to do for me. And the Lord is just sitting there looking at me frustrated because he had something for me, but my mouth blocked me. God don't like a lot of mouth. Anybody in here get popped in your mouth? I just, I need to see some hands. Got popped in your mouth. Your mama believed that if your mouth violated, then your mouth needed attention. She didn't hit you on your bottom for your mouth. She'd be like, bring me that mouth. And you got plucked in your lips. You got popped in your mouth. I know I'm not the only one that got in trouble just for something that came out my mouth. I was a closet talking junk about my mama. In the room with the door closed, I talked a lot of junk. I didn't say stuff right to her because I wanted to live. But when the door was shut, I talked. She overheard me. I lied. Got popped in the mouth. Anybody get their mouth washed out with soap? Not a whole lot of folks. That, they, that's poison now. But they used to put soap in your mouth because they believed that if your mouth offended, your mouth had to be addressed. And on a regular basis, my mama said, you better watch your mouth. I don't know if you've ever been around any of these little kids that are just free to say whatever seems to come to their mind to their mama. I don't know about you, but it is one of the most insane, crazy things that I've ever seen in my life for a child to be able to say what they want to say to their mom. I hear it all the time, and I back up, and I look to see death to come down, and it don't come. I offer my belt to people on a regular basis. I told you about, I was walking through an airport, and I saw some little, I was walking down the lawn, and some mama had a kid in a stroller, and a little three-year-old, four-year-old just took off running down the hall, and she's calling him, Trevor! That just shows you what he looked like. Trevor! And he's just gone. He's just running. And, and as he's running towards me, I said, I got him! I stepped right in front of little Trevor. His mama's coming here. I grabbed his arm and I looked in his little face. I said, what's wrong with you running from your mama? He's all right. You better stay with your mama, boy. You don't know what's going to happen. He's right here. Is that your name, Trevor? Trevor, you about to get knocked out. I got him. When she got to me, I said, I have a belt if you need it. She said, I don't do that. And I said, and that's why he running. 
Trevor, you have to stay with mommy. He said, I don't want to stay with mommy. I just backed. I got right out the way. Because if I ever told my mother, I don't want to stay with you, my mother might have dropped me off somewhere. What's the point I'm making? The point I'm making is that we have to be careful allowing people two and three and four and five to be able to say whatever they want to say out their mouth because you can't say whatever you want to say out your mouth and have life. Just don't work. You're going to have what you say. And if you speak death, you're going to have death. And if you speak life, you're going to have life. I need a witness. If you speak blessing, you're going to have blessing. If you speak cursing, you're going to have cursing. Me and Tyrus and Tony and Frida and Al and the words, we can do whatever we want. We can holler over you all we want. But if you walk out this room and speak death over your life, death is what you will have. I wish I had a witness in the building. If they ever say something to you, you better say, I will live and not die. If they ever say, well, we're laying folk off, you better say, well, not me. If you ever face a difficulty, you better say, well, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. And it might look dark right now, but the God I serve is able. And, and you may look like I'm down, but watch me. Just watch me. In just a few days, I'm going to come back from this. When I was coming up, they called that having a good confession. I realized that there's lip that bothers God. And the reason why it bothers God is because you're going to have what you say. The Lord said, how long are you going to talk junk against me? Tell them. I'm going to do what they said. And so just for all of us, and in my defense of God and his character, beloved, it's not that God is punishing you for the stuff you said. It's that if you speak defeat, defeat is what you'll get. If you see the giants and say, I cannot beat those giants, you know what? You'll never beat the giants. The people who beat giants are the people who say they will beat giants. I need a witness in the building. Any giant killers in here? You will never get that new job if you don't say, I'm about to get this new job. You will never get it. You will never get the promotion if you don't first say, you know what? I'm about to get this promotion. I'm about to go in there and I'm redoing my resume. If you say they ain't going to give it to me, I'm not going to get that. It don't make no sense applying. Then it don't make no sense applying. You have got to talk to yourself first. And it's just talk that God don't like. And you see it here in Numbers 14. And I just want to defend the character of God and say that really this had way more to do with the Israelites than it had to do with God. It did and it didn't because your words is a true law. Right there in the beginning, it says, I mean, it's a scary moment. They, they have gone to look at the new land. They've been delivered from Egypt. 
They've crossed through the wilderness. They've come through the Red Sea. They're now at Canaan. And they send spies into the land. Twelve spies into the land. I hope you know the story. So they can see what the land is like. And the land is amazing. But the land has giants in it. Beloved, if it's worth having... Somebody else might be there. If you are insecure or shook, or if God can only do easy things for you, then there's a level of blessing and success that you will never have. You're going to have to be all right with the fact that there may be some opposition. And slaves have opposition issues. They're coming out of slavery. The challenge of slaves, the benefit of slaves, is that slaves have a prayer life. And slaves call out for deliverance. But the challenge of slaves is sometimes the folk who cry out to God the loudest and look to deliverance from God the loudest are scared of opposition in the earth. So they have really great church services and really broke lives. Because to have land, you're going to have to displace somebody. To have a job, you're going to have to get something that somebody else was going to have. To get, the, uh, to get that new position, you will have to compete. We just expect God to remove all the competition. But the Lord is saying, oh, no, no, no. There's going to be competition there, but I'll be with you. And there may be giants in the land, but I'll be with you. And they go to the land. It's not that they got there and the land wasn't what it was promised to be. It's that they got there and because of the opposition, they got scared. Now, I'd like for us to take just a moment just to be honest with each other and just take a real honest Holy Ghost moment and admit that opposition can be scary. I need a witness in the building. Opposition can be scary. You can almost be scared to watch the news or scared to read the paper or scared to look at the thing or scared because the opposition can make you nervous and you need to be careful when you lose your nerve because God don't like the mouth that we have when people get scared. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. When people get scared, God is like, be careful what you say when you get scared. My, a lot of our anger comes from the fact that we scared. And so we get mad because we scared. They're talking about me. Right. And so you're scared that what is said about you will be believed. And so now you upset and you got an attitude because somebody talking junk about you because you believe that that junk will be believed. But you ought to know that no lie can ever trump the truth. But when you get afraid, your mouth say stuff it shouldn't say. 
most of the stuff that I've regretted saying, I said it because I was scared. Chapter 14, verse 1 says, that night all the members of the community raised their voices aloud and wept. So the other thing that God wants us to be careful about coming out of our mouth is crowd hysteria. Can I just say something about crowds? There's something about crowds that influences individuals. If all of a sudden everybody in here started running, then everybody in here would start running. Especially us. We would definitely be running. Let somebody run and we all gonna run. There's something about groups that can be powerful but also can be influential negatively. We have to be careful that we're not so a part of our generation, or so a part of our culture, or so a part of the world's perspective that we allow it to make us say stuff counter to what God is saying. It is absolutely possible to get caught up in the hysteria of the crowd. It is absolutely possible to have stuff coming out your mouth that you really don't even believe. And you really don't even know what you're talking about. But this is what everybody's saying. Everybody got doubt. Everybody's thinking this. Everybody believes that. Well, everybody knows that. Well, it doesn't matter how much common sense it may have or not have. It doesn't matter what the science may say or may not say. If a crowd believes something or not enough, then it can influence everybody. It's just kind of interesting that all of the Israelites grumbled. All of them complained. There's millions of them. All of them. What happened? Well, what happened is the 10 came back with the bad report. And for whatever reason, crowd hysteria took over the whole place. And the next thing you know, fear had everybody gripped. We ought to be well familiar with this because there's just something about fear that has us all shook. COVID. Now, I'm not saying COVID ain't serious. I'm not saying COVID hasn't been serious. It has. It's been a serious thing. But it's been so serious that now at the name of COVID, knees start shaking. If you can think about it, Four or five years ago, you'd have been sick, and you'd have been okay. You'd have just been like, oh, I don't feel well. But now we want to go get tested. And it's, you should. And we get tested. And if they say you're positive for COVID, then I get all kinds of prayer requests. You never used to give a prayer request for your cold, for your sniffles, for your cough, for your flu. But let you get a stick that thing up your nose and then read positive. And we got a call for the elders of the church because you have COVID. There's a fear that we have about it that is at a level, if we're not careful, we will allow hysteria, whether it's sickness or whether it's the stats or whether it's the economy or whether it's the belief. It's interesting how many things are affected by what the crowd believes. All the Israelites grumble and complain. And they end up saying, if only we had died in Egypt. If only we had, or maybe in this wilderness. Third thing God don't like is reckless statements. 
Statements are just reckless. I don't know if you've ever been guilty of just like reckless statements. Just if only we had died in Egypt. What do you mean if only we had died in Egypt? What are you, what are you talking about? That's not the thing to say. Or if only we had died here in this wilderness. Or we, why, why would the Lord lead us out here? And why would he do that? Exactly. That's number four. It's disrespectful questions. Just questions that just are disrespectful to the character of God and to the plan he has for your life. And to the anointing of, his, of him on your life. And it's just you got to be careful that your mouth don't say things and ask questions that are just disrespectful. We just get reckless. We misremember the past. And, and we just start asking questions that are just disrespectful to God. We start to just question whether or not God is even alive or real. Does he really have power? Does he really have a plan? Or all of this praying was just a waste of time. I know I'm just, I'm just talking. I know I'm not saying anything that anyone has ever been tempted to say but me. But you get in a dark enough situation and you can start to wonder, is God even watching? Is God even here? Lord, do you even care? We have to be careful because disrespectful questions can get us in trouble with God because it has a factor in what we see. It ends up God saying to Moses and Aaron, I'm going to do what you say. Surely as I live, declares the Lord, I'm going to do the very things that you say. It's a scary thought, and it's an encouraging thought. Because if God is going to do what you say, then what you got to do is get your mouth saying right things. And when we looked at Genesis chapter 1 that were made in the image of God, we realized that when God creates the earth, he creates it with his mouth. He creates the earth. Now the earth is formless and without form and darkness is over the, the water. And God opens up his mouth and speaks things to be an example to us made in his image we're made in his image we're made in his likeness and so in a determination to show us how to shape our world God decides to create the world with his mouth as an example to us of the image that we have been made in we have been created in the image of a being that made the world with his mouth. You have been created in the image of a being who made the earth different with his mouth. You are created in the image of a being who took something dark and formless and void and jacked up and with his mouth change the darkness with his mouth are you getting what I'm saying to you you have been created and formed in the likeness of a being that with his mouth changed something from dark 
to light. And he made these statements that we ought to be making. And now I'm running out of time. But the first statement he makes is, let there be light. So the first statement that we ought to be making is, let there be light. Let there be clarity. Let there be revelation. Let there be visions. Let there be dreams. Let there not be confusion. Let there not be darkness. Let you not be lost. May you open up your mouth and say, I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to go to service. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to get a vision. I'm going to get a dream. God's going to speak to me. I refuse to stay stuck in darkness. I refuse to stay stuck in a situation which I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't know where I'm going to go. I have no idea what's happening. No, no, no. Instead of saying that, say, let there be light. Let there be clarity. Let there be direction. Oh, my God. Let there be purpose. Let there be an understanding. God, let there be wisdom. There's almost nothing as despairing as not knowing what to do next. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you're like, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to invest in. I don't know where to spend. I don't know where to move to. I don't know where to go. If you speak that, you'll stay in that. But if you say, no, 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 I was created in the likeness of a being that said, let there be light, and there was light. So if I can say, oh, I'm about to get a dream up in here. Oh, I'm about to get a vision up in here. Oh, I'm about to hear from God tonight. Oh, no, no. God is about to speak to me. I don't have it yet, but God's about to give me a plan. I don't have it yet, but God is about to give me some structure. I don't have it yet, but the God I serve is not going to leave me in the dark. And so I'm going to say, let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be clarity. Let there be vision. Let there be understanding. Let there be wisdom that comes from the Almighty. Let there be light. And there was light. Let me see and I'll see. He says, let there be light. And there was light. <laughs> and so, I, I, b- beloved Charlotte, I, 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 what I would like us to do is just with that initial statement, just with that starting statement, if we could just speak light There's almost nothing as despairing to us as believers as the seeming power of darkness. But the Bible says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by the darkness, but overcome the darkness with light. At the beginning of that is you speaking light, and there was light. I got more. I don't have time. He says, let there be space. <laughs> he says, let there be space. Let there be a, 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 a space between the firmaments. Let, let there be some space. Let, let, I need some space. I need some separation. I'll never have it if I don't speak it. Let there be some space. I, I, I need some separation. Sometimes I got to get away from the wrong people, and I got to get away from the wrong situation. I got to get away from the wrong environment. I got to get away from all this negativity. 
very difficult to defeat negativity living with negativity. Very difficult to defeat negativity always talking to negativity. Tough to overcome that always giving your life to it. Difficult to defeat the enemy and you sleeping with the enemy. It's hard for you to get over death and you live with death. One of the hardest things for us to do is just get some space. We're communal creatures. We're loyal. And so we we friends with people from the eighth grade and we just want to hang with them same people in the eighth grade. Even though they ain't about nothing, even though they ain't on no way, even though they on, ain't on a path to nothing. You will never get space if you can't say, I need some space. Never get space if you can't just say, you know, I'm just going to take some time. Look, I love y'all. We're great. It's great to see y'all at a cookout once a year. But I've come to the understanding that the more I'm around y'all, y'all pull me down. You make me not have hope. You make me not have faith. And I just need some space. Nothing against you. No shade meant. But can I get some separation in my environment so that I can actually experience a blessing that I know God has for me. And I believe God has it for me until I get around you. I think I'm fighting the devil, but really I'm fighting the people around me that are jealous of me and they're afraid that if I do it, then I'll show that they could have done it too. I got I to gotta get away from them and, I, and maybe I'm related to them, but they just won't be able to get as much of my time because I find myself depressed after being around them. And I'm not allowed to just say, let there be space. Number three, God says, let there be land. I know I'm over, but I got to He says, let there be land, beloved. Let there be land. I want everybody to say, let there be land. Everybody say it loud, let there be land. God said, let there be land. Let there be a place you own. Let there be a spot you own. Let there be a property that is yours. Let there be something that you can do. Everybody say, I can build. I can build. I can build. I can own. I don't have to rent forever. I can have my own thing. You will never have your own thing saying you can't. God said, let there be land. God said, let there be life. I have what I need. Let there be life. God said, let there be time. I still have time. I still have time. Everybody say, I still have time. Everybody say it's not too late. It's not too late. Everybody say it's not too late. It's not too late. Those simple words, it's not too late, can keep you going. It's not too late, can keep you believing. It's not too late, can help you go back to school. It's not too late, can help you get your PhD. It's not too late, can help you start your own business. It's not too late. You still have time. 30, you still have time. 35, you still have time. 37, you still have time. 41, guess what? You still have time. 45, you still have time. 50, you still have time. 52, you still have five. 53, you still have time. 54, 
You have time. 55. You know you got some time. 60. It's not too late for you. You still have time. God is able. 65. You know what? You still have time for you to experience everything God had for you. I would contend you'll appreciate it more at 65. Sometimes youth is wasted on young people. Get something great at 65 and you will find out how blessed that thing is. I talked to somebody my age yesterday, been married for one year, just as happy as they could be. You know what? It's never too late for you to find happiness in your life. You still have time. 65, you still got time. 70, you still got time. 75, you still got time. Eighty. Let there be purpose. Let there be a relationship. Beloved, I'm I'm out of time, but you get my point. You gotta get your mouth in place. My God, I got to get my mouth together. Charlotte, you got to get your mouth together. World Overcomers, you got to get your mouth together. RTP Saints, we got to get our mouths together. Whether you believe God or not, even if you're in this room, or even if you're watching, and yeah, you know how where you are about God, it don't even matter. Get a good confession in your mouth. Your words have so much power that even speaking life without God, can get you some life. Now, you put God in it, it just has a whole nother anointing and a whole nother level and a whole nother power. But just understand that the God we created, that was created, that created us, our Father God is communicating truth to us because He loves us and He knows. If we aren't careful about what we say, we will be victims of our own negativity. No matter how dark it gets, we have to say, let there be light. Let's pray together. Lord, I just want to thank you for this awesome service. God, I want to thank you for this awesome time together. I want to thank you for the away game. Thank you, Lord God, for us coming together. Thank you for this moment that we had to praise you and honor you and holler and run and shout and scream and praise. And then, God, to hear a word to help us to believe. Lord, forgive us. For the words that we say, forgive us for our negative speech. And I, Lord, I, it, I, it's not even so much about apologizing to you. Lord, we, we apologizing to ourselves. We're apologizing to our own destiny. We're apologizing to our own future. Lord, forgive us for talking ourselves out of the plan and the purpose that you have for us. For you know the plans you have for us. They're not to harm us. They're to give us hope and a future. Thank you for living so big in us today. Thank you for speaking to us and through us. Thank you for your anointing that destroys the yoke. Thank you, Lord God, that that same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And it can quicken our mortal bodies. And we can speak life and see it. We ask you, God, to have your way in us kingdom of God come in us right now 
will of God be done. In Jesus' name we pray. We all sit together. If you heard a word from the Lord, can you put your hands together really quickly? Beloved, can we give? Can we give to the building fund? And of course, World of RTP, we give into our, we going to give into Victory Park. Charlotte, you're helping us to give to Victory Park, but not just that, just to this service that we had right here. Us coming here to Charlotte, we didn't, we didn't come here for free. They didn't give us this room for free. And so if you are able to be generous and give to the work of the kingdom of God, if you need an offering envelope, you can simply raise your hand and one of the gatekeepers will come to you and give you one, or you can just take a picture just that scan that QR code right there and it'll lead you to all the ways to give online and we're asking you to be generous and give to the work of the kingdom of God and it enables us to bring the kingdom to you and it enables us to do what God is calling for us to do and no matter what's happening God can still bless you to be generous no matter what's going on, God will still bless you to be generous. If God can trust you to be a conduit to blessing, he'll always bless you. I said, if God can trust you to be a conduit of blessing, then he'll always bless you. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So I want you to do the best you can. I was just talking to some of the young people in the back, and we were talking about this story I heard about, about this, this Burger King employee. Have y'all heard this story about this guy that worked for Burger King? Worked for Burger King for 27 years. Never missed a day at work. Been there. Went every single day. Never missed a day for 27 straight years working at Burger King. And I don't know if the local area Burger King or if the guys, people that worked with him or whatever, I don't know if it was for his anniversary. I don't know if it was for his birthday. Whatever it was. They decided to just get something for him just to appreciate him just for being faithful 27 years for his birthday and they got him to celebrate it whether it was his birthday or the 27 years I don't remember exactly which one but they decided to get him a gift and they got him like a Starbucks mug like a keychain like a like a movie tickets I mean they gave him a gift that was maybe less than $50. They just gave him something. And his daughter took a video of it. And the thing that's interesting is even though what he was given was not a lot, he was so grateful. His humility. He just was so grateful. He was just so glad somebody thought about him. He was just so glad somebody remembered his birthday. He was just so glad somebody remembered his anniversary that out of a genuineness of his heart, he just was genuinely touched by how folks thought about him and gave him something simple, even simple like a Starbucks mug got emotional and just really appreciated it and his daughter took a video of it and she posted it and it went viral and then she did a GoFundMe page on it and then he ended up on Good Morning America and last told the number that they raised for him is something like $350,000 or something like that it shows two things number one if you could just say thank you for whatever comes your way, 
Oh, I wish I had a witness. If you could ever just be humble enough to say, look, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, if it had not been for God actually to tell you the truth, this is amazing. I'm just glad to be alive. I'm just glad to be here. I'm just glad that I'm clothed in my right mind. I'm still glad that I'm here. Thank you for thinking about me. The humility and the gratitude brought a blessing that he never would have expected. But number two, beloved, strangers gave him that money. Strangers, people that do not know him. Because no matter what's happening in the economy, we can still be moved to generosity. It encouraged me, right? It encouraged me because I said, oh, Lord, we're about to build this building. We are about to do this thing because if folk will give 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 dollars to the Burger King guy, then I know the saints are going to give to the King of Kings guy. Praise God for the Burger King. But how about the King of Kings and the Lord? Y'all missed it. How about the King of Kings? If we can be generous to give to a stranger, part of it is that folk like to be a part of something that's a win. Total strangers gave this guy over $300,000 and in the same way, that generosity can be activated in us and there's nothing we can't do if we can simply come together in the room, Charlotte, if you bless us, you'll help us to be able to come back here again. If you're watching live around the world, wherever you may be, when you give to the work of the kingdom of God, you can't beat God giving, no matter how hard you try. And uh, this is not Netflix. This is supported by your giving, not a bill, but by your giving. You can't share somebody else's password. Right now, when you give to the work of the kingdom of God, there's an impact in your life, and you're empowering us to be able able to minister to the world and we thank you for your tithes but it's your offering it's your generosity and I guarantee you God will bless you he'll bless you he'll bless you I have a witness he'll bless you God will bless you come on let's pray for the offering God I just want to thank you and praise you Lord for this offering for this opportunity that we have for this moment that we have to give to the work of the kingdom of God for this awesome service that we had for this offering moment and we pray that you take this offering and multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom bless the gift bless the giver thank you Lord God for all the visitors that were with us thank you that they were able to receive a touch from you and they were able to hear a word from you and God we're determined to walk according to your word and we believe you can do it have your way in us. Kingdom of God come in us. Will of God be done. In Jesus name we pray. We all sit together. Amen. God bless you as you give. Beloved, I'm about to run and change is what I'm about to do. And then I'm going to go into the lobby area and I'll be there. And so if you, especially Charlotte, if you'd like to meet me or shake my hand or any of us or take a picture with me or something, I'm going to run and go change. I'm not leaving, but I'm just sweating like a like a sweater and so I'm going to run and just throw a sweatsuit on so that I can come. Pastor Tony's going to come and close out the service. Can you put your hands together one more time for the word of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Can you keep putting your hands together if you were blessed today? Come on, let's give God a praise for that word. Amen. Are you going to change your confession? Amen. Amen. We have a couple of instructions. First of all, thank you so much for joining us. 
uh, for the away game. This is the inaugural, but tell somebody this will not be the last. This will not be the last. So we have a couple of instructions why pastor is getting refreshed. Uh, all of our uh, visitors from Charlotte, wave your hand one more time. Amen. We're so thankful that you came. We want you to be the first in line, okay, so that pastor uh, can greet you. He has some great products out there in the lobby. We want you uh, if you enjoyed his wisdom today, he has wisdom memorialized in books and tapes and messages, and we want you to take this anointing home with you. In addition, uh, some of our other senior leadership, Pastor Josh and the worship team, the worship team is going to be out in the lobby, Pastor Al, Pastor Tyrus, all of our senior leadership, Pastor Alberto, Alberto Pastor Frida, all of our senior leadership is going to be out in the lobby greeting you. We just want to hug you. Thank you for coming. Learn a little bit about you and, and see how we can serve you going forward. Amen? Amen. If we're ready to leave, can we stand to our feet? Amen. Tell somebody, I've been in the presence of the Lord today. It was a good thing that we've been here. Amen? Can somebody say that it was a good thing that we came today? It's a good thing. Amen? Now, now when you see Pastor Andy, the greatest compliment you can pay to any preacher it's not shaking his hand. It's not telling me. It is living this word out that he just sowed into your heart. Amen? So purpose in your heart. I'm going to change the way that I speak. I'm going to be more mindful of what comes out of my mouth. Come on, let's lift our hands. God, we thank you for what you've done this weekend. We thank you, Lord, what you did on this day. Lord, this, is ju this was just not an exercise of our uh, religious calisthenics, God, but we came to hear a, a word from you, God, and we believe that a word was deposited in our lives, God. So we will not walk away from this experience as a manner of man that, that forgets his own image when he walks away from a miracle. God, we will cover this word. We will nurture this word. And God, so Lord, we will start right now. Lord, we declare that when we leave this place, our lives are about to change. We speak over our children. We speak over our careers. We speak over our, uh, over our business and over our entrepreneur endeavors. God, we speak over sick bodies and we call them healed, God. And we speak that when we leave this place, the word that we have heard today will continue to resonate in our hearts, God, and it will literally change the world that we live in. God, we thank you, those that came from near and far to support this vision, God. We thank you, Lord, that we speak, uh, we declare angels to be around every vehicle. We thank you, Lord, for traveling mercies, God, whether they're traveling by plane, uh, automobile, or, or, or train, God, we thank you, Lord, that your word and your angels go before us. Now, God, as we leave this place, Lord, let a portion of what has happened in this room follow us to our homes, and Lord, change our lives for time and eternity. God, we bless you. We love you. And we declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. High five somebody and say, God bless you. And I love you. We'll see you next time for the away game. God bless you. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.